Can we talk about it? Well, today we're going to. Our guest, Aga Wilson, is trying to destigmatize the talk around if you are injured, if your loved ones have passed away or also suffered injuries from the COVID shot. There's such a stigma around this topic in general. And then it's really hard to speak out if you've had a experience, a negative one in particular, around the COVID shot. But our guest, Aga Wilson, a journalist, she's formerly uh, been employed by the UN. She's worked with the UN, UNICEF. She works with the Children's Health Defense, and she has her own show, The Aga Wilson Show. She is a world uh, traveler, and she knows she comes this from an international lens. She um, is originally from Sweden and her show is over there in Sweden, but she also comes over to the U.S. um, all the time to work with the various outlets and the various organizations around the health freedom movement. And we are going to talk about our experiences. Her and I have a shared experience around the DTaP vaccine while we were pregnant that led us down our road to explore vaccines in general and the health freedom movement. If you are new to the health freedom movement, because like myself, because of COVID, once you get into this and your eyes start to open, you realize that so many people have been fighting this fight for years, well before COVID. Um, this has been an ongoing fight for so many for so long. Long. And so Aga is going to bring that as well to the table here. Again, we're going to talk about can we talk about it.org and our shared experiences coming up. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers educating ourselves and forging a new path forward hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom this is faithful freedom with taryn gregson presented by we the patriots usa a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our god-given inalienable rights aga thank you so much for joining us this morning from sweden thank you for having me on your show. I'm super excited. (laughs) I'm excited too, because you yourself having your own show have had many um, big name guests in this movement because you're so well connected um, internationally in all of this. Take people through a short synopsis of your career path and journey in health freedom. Well, so as you mentioned before, I was working for the U.S., so the humanitarian part has always been very important to me because I, f- I feel like that's what I've been my whole life, a humanitarian, and I that's how I like to describe myself because it's, it's usually, for me, it's always been about helping other people, so I think it came naturally to me, but um, just like you said, I had uh, the experience with a DTaP vaccine during pregnancy, and um, that's kind of when I started doing my research and I dove down the rabbit hole and and found out a lot of things that I had absolutely no idea about. Um, and I think that's how it started. I went through this journey with one of my best friends who had a kid at the same time as me. So we kind of, uh, you know, supported each other through this. Uh, we talked a lot about it. And, and with my background also from the UN, I just decided that I want to do more than just being injured and, and uh, also making the decision of not vaccinating my child at the time. 
so uh, I decided with my friend to start something called the New York Medical Freedom Coalition because we kind of saw that there's so much going on out, out there and so many people doing amazing work, but it, it was it was very hard to find everything. It was scattered everywhere. And we thought, you know, why don't we bring together the leadership and, and try to uh, coordinate our efforts more in, in that in the whole movement. And that's kind of how I started my journey. And also everything I started there was kind of what I used to do at the UN because I used to coordinate the work of 22 UN agencies, including WHO and the World Bank. So um, it was kind of a natural <laughs> work process for me to kind of do that. And, and that's kind of how it all began. So, you know, fast forward and now you're kind of on the I hate to say the other side and the other team, because, you know, like you said, this is a humanitarian thing you know, this is, this is not a party, um, you know, a political party standpoint. This is just coming at it from humanity, you know, wanting the best for people. And when you find out information that um, you, when you go down this road and you find out this information, you want to do everything you can to share it with other people and arm them with that knowledge. But what is it, Having said all of that, what has it been like to, for lack of a better term, be on the other side since you've seen under the the veil of, of that side of it, too, with the WHO, with the UN and things like that? It was a very interesting experience for me. And of course, like uh, it was a great experience because yeah. every, everything that I learned there, I'm kind of applying everywhere I work uh, because, you know, it was a lot of organizational structure, a lot of. Uh, training courses. Uh, we did simulation exercises. We, we um, I was, I was coordinating uh, a, a big budget that we had at the time. So there was a lot of work uh, with with organizations across the world. Um, and it was post conflict. So I worked a lot with child soldiers and and people that had just came out of conflicts. You know that were obviously very, um, you know, um, very uh, traumatized. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of, you know, I can see why I was put there somehow, you know, because it helps me a lot today too. This is what I'm working on today with, with vaccine injuries is, is a very, um, heartbreaking process. And, and it's very hard to see people suffering, um, and, and sometimes even, you know, feel helpless that you can't help more people. And I think it kind of prepared me for, for, for this, uh, the work that I did there, because seeing working with child soldiers was probably one of the most, you know, difficult job I've ever done. Um, and uh, so that, and then of course, like the disappointment, because I, I feel like when I was studying, my biggest dream was to, to go and work for the UN, who, who at the time I thought, you know, was the most prestigious organization in the world that is saving lives. And then, you know, that dream was shattered pretty quickly when I actually entered the organization and, and saw a lot of things that I was very shocked to see, you know, and, and how it, everything really worked in reality was, was absolutely not anything of, of what I had imagined it would, would be. What sort of things were, were um, you know, shocking to you to see? I mean, the amount of money, first of all, that was spent on actual uh, things and, and programs on the ground. 
which is probably for me the most important thing because there are people suffering out there. They're dying. Uh, you know, uh, they're, they're, they don't have access to food, clean water, things like that. And just the amount of money that is getting spent inside the UN on operations and other things that could have gone to, uh, to smaller NGOs in the field that actually did a really great job, a much better job many times. Not always, I won't say that, but many times. The other thing was, you know, the, the amount of big egos that was working in the organization and, and many decision making and decision that was made based on big egos rather than, you know, the, the whole what's good for, for, for the organization and, and the purpose and the cause and the mission of the organization. So there was a lot of like infighting and things like that. And, and yeah, it, it truly disappointed me. Not that it doesn't happen in other places, but but you, you you would think that these things would not occur in, a, in an organization that's supposed to save the world. So to me, that was kind of a big disappointment. And, and you know, I, I dealt with some really crazy people at times, you know. Yeah, I mean, you like you said, you're going to have, you know, some of those same issues no matter where you go, no matter what side of the movement or anywhere in, in philanthropy as well. Um, but, you know... I do want to highlight that so many in the health freedom movement did put their egos aside for a summit that you helped to organize in Florida here recently. And I think um, if you explain a little bit about what you guys did, it'll give a lot of people hope for what's happening right now in this health freedom movement. So, yeah, so we, we kind of brought together the global leadership to, to, um, uh, put together a strategy for 2023 and, and, know kind of um help people collaborate better you know for all of us to come together and, and be better at collaboration and i think that's like one of the 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 things that have has been tough and it's not just because of egos or anything like that it's mm -hmm. also just because we live in different parts of the world uh it's very hard to keep up with all the information that's coming out and especially in other parts of the world so uh you know I, we, we thought we really believed that we needed to put together something, uh, a space or a platform where people can come together and collaborate better because, you know, so many things are happening and we can learn so much from each other. Um, you know, if someone, for example, has um, initiated a legal process in Canada and, and, and it's something that other people can use across the world. It's really good to get that sort of information. And then also we want to kind of bring people together and support and serve the leadership so that they can get, get you know, the resources or tools or contacts that they need in order to uh, continue their work or if they want to start a new project or anything like that. So the idea is kind of to just bring people together. And it was, the goal was, was, um, uh, you know, to put together a strategy. We didn't have time to finish that because we only had one whole day. But uh, I think what we did was uh, we, we, we managed to get a room with, with some tensions here and there uh, to become a room of, of like really positive and beautiful energy. So that was a great start. And I think that was the, the biggest success of it all, to me at least. I think that's super important. And people came out of there and, and like really felt like they, they, they bonded and and um, they met amazing people and, and the work continues. So now we, we, we have meetings um, uh, biweekly where we bring up issues from all over the world and, and we try to bring people together, try to talk about what they are working on and inform each other, support each other. So um, 
yeah, it's a beginning. It's the beginning of, I think, a really important process and and a really positive one. I commend you and thank you for for bringing uh, people together under you know this umbrella. To, there's so many people doing so many different things in the in the health freedom movement. We feature them here on this podcast, um, and it's just wonderful to see those efforts. Um, come together and everyone supporting one another because it is a collaborative effort and uh, as a whole but you know then again there's many branches and all of this of, of so many people trying to do so many things and uh, one of those branches is can we talk about it and we're going to get to that organization that you have also put together trying to get people to destigmatize talking about you know the the instances that they've experienced around covid around the shot around vaccines and um so let's talk about it. Let's talk about the experience that you and I have both had that with the DTAP vaccine, we share this experience, um, slightly different experiences, but both surrounding this DTAP vaccine that really God, you know, put us on this path of, of going down to, to learn more. And so tell us about your DTAP um, while you were pregnant and your experience and around when that took place. Yeah, so I, I basically received it when I was, I think I was eight months, seven, eight months. It must have been around eight months. And uh, I was reluctant because I've never heard anything. I came from Sweden and in Sweden, we do have uh, complete choice uh, over vaccines, uh, even in school. You know, it's not mandatory. So parents can choose what they want to do with their children. And um so I wasn't prepared for it either, but I kind of got pushed into it because they were basically telling me that, you know, if you don't take it, your, your, your child may die, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that uh, was, and you're in the U S at the time when this yeah, was happening. Mm -hmm. I was in New York and, uh, and they also tried to force me to take the, the flu vaccine, but I said, listen, I've never taken the flu vaccine. I, 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 I'm fine with getting the flu and, you know, it's, it's a natural process. And, and, you know, I, I just didn't believe it. So I had to, like, I kind of like, talked myself out of that one, but they were very pushy. Um, so I said, okay, because they kind of scared me. And at that time I had no idea about anything that, that had to do with vaccines. I had taken them. Um, and also the funny thing was that I, I, I had just uh, taken it for my green card, like one or two years earlier. So they even tested me if I had antibodies. And one would think that if you just took it recently that you would have antibodies. That's how effective these things are. But I absolutely didn't, they say. So they gave me another one. Um, and then I, right after I gave birth to my son, I, uh, I started having like severe joint pain to a point where I would wake up like 30 times at night. And, and my whole shoulders, you know, my back got so stiff because, you know, I... I, I trying during that time to carry my baby around, which also was uh, a completely different story because it was so painful. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I was so stiff and, and my joints were in so much pain constantly. So I, I didn't, I actually didn't, I didn't go to the doctor because I, I never really trusted the doctors and, and I, I didn't trust that they would help me. Uh, and also I did not put one and one together at that time because I did, I had, I had just started reading up about vaccines after the hospital. Um, so 
And that was when I started. So after reading, like, I think it was many months later that I kind of put one and one together that, you know, when I saw that, you know, on the insert that it actually said that one of the side effects could be rheumatoid arthritis, which is what I actually uh, think I had. Because um, just a few months after I gave birth, my cousin came to visit me and she was just diagnosed with it. So when she explained to me exactly her symptoms, I'm like, oh, my God, but that's exactly what I have. Um, And also she said, you know, it's not curable, you you know, and she had something else too, some other autoimmune disease. So they put her on medication and they said that, you know, she will never uh, get off the medication. Uh, But I just. I don't, I didn't believe that, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I've always been very holistically um, into holistic solutions and holistic medicine and things like that. So I, I just refused to, to do that. And I knew that if I would go to them, they would just tell me that, yeah, this is what you have. And they would give me the drugs. So I wouldn't do that. Um, and then I, I actually healed myself after a while. I started doing a lot of research on this and, and uh, what actually helped me crazily enough was celery juicing. And it, it was kind of like just came into my life. My friend just accidentally like posted it. I started looking into it. But of course, like, you know, the right foods. I learned more about it later. Supplements, you know, things like that. And, and really if, like serious detox. I was mm-hmm. detoxing probably for like two years. And it, it took me a good five years to get back to like full on normal. But I never took the medication. When I later put my cousin on the same diet that I used, she today is completely well and she got off all the medication. So this, so it's the celery. Did she do the celery juice too? Including the whole diet that yeah. follows with it, you know, f- from, from Anthony William. Uh, uh, and it's just food. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there are some supplements, but it's mostly food. So f- to me, like that was a miracle in itself. Uh, and uh, yeah. And I, I, I never got diagnosed uh, of course. So I can't like, you know, tell you 100% that that was it. But if I compared to her, it was exactly the same symptoms, exactly the same. I mean, we healed with the same method. So that says a lot, I guess, because, you know, then she healed from it the same way I did. Yes. Um, so it was, um, yeah, that's basically, that, that's basically what happened. And that's when I really started doing so much research. And I, at that time, I was convinced that I would never take a vaccine again and never give one to my son. Because I mean, that was such a, that was a near five-year journey you went on after, after I mean, that. you know, yes, but I think I was like probably 85 to 90% better within the first year or, or mm-hmm. eight months. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was some small things like, you know, in my neck, my back, things like that, that like took longer because, you know, something deeper must have happened. Um, uh, also because I was in so constant pain. So I don't know if I did something to, to, to my back or something, but it was still something in my neck for, for, for a very long time. And I, I continued the detox. I just detoxed constantly. So, um, yeah, I mean, five years to like be completely back. Uh, you know, I think the last thing that, that, that I had for a very long time was the pain in my knee joints. Uh, and now I like after five years, that stopped, that was like, the one that dragged and dragged and dragged yeah. for a very long time. But, but other than that, you know, mo- most of it was gone. I appreciate you sharing that because you know, there's other people out there that have experienced the same thing. And, um, you know, so many of us, we don't, you know, you, 
our doctors aren't reporting it and bears, we're not necessarily going out and doing the same. But, um, you know, when you hear somebody else's story and you're like, wow, that happened to me. Um, I felt the same way. And you and I kind of had that whenever we were, we were connecting, um, prior to this interview and, and you mentioned that and I was like, wow, you know, I had a reaction in my first pregnancy to it. I've always been, um, a little skeptical as well of all of, of the vaccines. Um, and when my doctor pressured me to, cause I was asking a lot of questions like, do I really need this? This doesn't see, and they did the same thing. They guilt trip you down. It is my first pregnancy. I'm learning as I go along, you know, going to be a new mom, I had an immediate reaction to it. I got so sick. I was, you know, I'm pretty well far along in my pregnancy, like yourself, you know, coming, you get it, you know, in the third trimester and, um, or close to the third trimester. And, you know, I had flu-like symptoms. I was very sick, nauseous, um, you name it, stomach ailments. I'm on the couch. I can't move. Like I was I was deathly afraid for my baby. I was worried that I needed to go into the ER because I had never felt so sick in my entire life. I got COVID in my second pre- during my second pregnancy. That was nothing. Like I, that wasn't wow. a big deal. This yeah. was very scary to me. And I called my doctor and they're like, you're going to be fine. You know, don't worry about it. So then my next appointment, I go in and I'm explaining it all to them. And they're like, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, you're going to, no worries. And I'm like, well, you know, should I be worried if I get pregnant again? And should I get, they're like, oh, you can get, you can get it again, your next pregnancy. And, um, and that was another question to me. You mentioned how you had just had it for your green card. I'm saying the same thing. Like, why would I need to, aren't these supposed to last for a long time? Why would I need to, to get it again um, so quickly? And so then my next question to the doctor was, well, I know that in the childhood vaccine schedule is the Tdap, which is basically the same combination of, of shots. Should I be worried that my baby um, would also have a reaction to it as well? And they're like, no, you know, they're fine. The, it shouldn't be a big deal. They should get it. And that's my other question. Well, why does my baby need to get it? If I got this shot while I'm pregnant, shouldn't I be passing along those antibodies to the, to the child? Oh, I don't know about that. You know, it's just one thing after another, they're trying to gaslight you and tell you that it's not a big deal. They don't want to worry about it. They don't want to go down that that route. And that was my springboard then into really exploring all of this as well. And, you know, I praise God that everything ended up being okay with myself and my child. But I know you, your your baby had, a, you think, you know, was very colicky and had some um, some some issues as well afterward. Explain that too. So I, he got, he got the hep B in the hospital in the K of course. And, and, uh, that was the only ones he got, but, but, you know, he was, he was screaming for, for a good six months and, uh, you know, I didn't figure it out then either. It was much later when I had all the information and he had seizures, he had seizures. I didn't know it was seizures at the time, but I did think that there was something really um, not normal about that. His rolls, eyes were rolling backwards. And when I started watching videos of it, you know, that other people had posted, I realized, you know, that, that that's what he had. Uh, and of course, again, like, you know, I know, I knew that would I, if I would go with my baby to, to the doctor, he wouldn't, they wouldn't connect that to, to vaccines anyways. And I would not get any help. They would just be like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. So I just didn't, um, 
I just didn't didn't do anything. I mean, of course, I did something. I, I stopped giving yeah. all of us vaccines. And it's so funny, like that. Just what you exactly mentioned that, you know, sh people that think that they are vaccinated just because they took a vaccine ten years ago. That's absolutely not the case. So, uh, you know, most of us are not vaccinated. We don't have the antibodies in our bodies. There's very few of them that that keep for the whole life. Like when you have a live when you have the actual virus, and you and you create antibodies like chicken pox and things like that yes that's that stays for your whole life and that's the good part you know in sweden we actually do have like chicken pox parties when one kid mm -hmm. gets it, everyone makes sure that that we you did know, yeah when we yeah. were little mm -hmm. you know like you just don't want them to to then they have immunity for the rest of the lives and 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 it's 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 that's that's what natural immunity is and we are supposed to go through these things you know it's it strengthens us I have always gone through every single disease. Uh, I don't take, I never took flu shots, uh, you know, and also mm -hmm. always healed myself mostly with, with very natural things. So, um, you know, I, I, there's just so much, like when you say, when you say, you know, this side, like, yes, we are actually the, the, the mainstream because there's so much misinformation out there and, and the medical establishment is, it's just, I think it's falling apart because all they do is, you know, put a bandaid on, you know, they never go to the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what people do in holistic uh, medicine. And, and I think, you know, most of the doctors that I interviewed that joined our side, they were medical doctors from the beginning. And then they saw that something was not right. And they then dove into the whole holistic medicine part. So they both know both. And that's actually, you know, my absolutely best solutions is to know both because they usually then use the natural stuff uh, unless it's absolutely necessary to go over to, 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 you know, um, uh, the Western medicine. Medication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. So, so, so there's really something to it because if you heal yourself from the root cause something what what's causing it obviously you know then it, it it's not going to come back if you just put like a band-aid on it uh, with some medicine you know just because you have a headache if you constantly have headaches and you just keep taking headache pills you're not going to find out what causes your headache and what you need to do to stop it because your body is telling you that something is wrong you know and, and these are the things like you know we have to get back to to that because i, I when i do that with my own health, uh, I, I end up actually healing, you know, for real and, and healing from the problem and not that I keep taking pills to, to suppress whatever I have. And so I think it's really important, you know, that we, we, we really re, re, revamp, re, reprogram the whole healthcare system. It needs to be updated. It does. It, it's been broken for quite some time and COVID really exposed um, that it needed a massive overhaul and, you know, getting to the root of the issues and, um, you know, your body's divine design to amount immune responses to all of to all of these things. You know, I really went down a spiritual journey, um, really dug deep into the Bible as well in regards to vaccines. And, and I'm grateful that God took me down that path as well. And that's the other side of it too, in that your God has de designed your bodies to, to fight these things off and to have those natural immunities uh, build up over time when you encounter, when your body encounters these. So 
for the medical establishment to use the tactic of fear to make us feel like we have to get these different these different shots. Our children have to get them. Otherwise, we could incur some, you know, serious consequences is a, is a fear tactic because um, actually what we're doing is, um, you know, instead of maybe possibly getting these things and, and your body being okay and overcoming them or your child, you are instead 100 percent uh, signing up to put something foreign into you or your family member's body that you definitely have no idea that's going to happen. You, that's a hundred percent chance that that's what you're doing. Um, and you know, we know that there's all kinds of toxins and uh, heavy metals and, and different things and regular vaccines. And then you couple the gene therapy and with these new ones and, um, you are a hundred percent, um, accepting the risk of doing, of, of doing all of that. And I appreciate you talking about this and anybody that wants to share with us uh, their experiences, you know, you can email me, Taryn, at wethepatriotsusa.org and people can go to your site. Let's talk a little bit about Can We Talk About It? People can go to canwetalkaboutit.org. Explain this movement that you that you have set up. So basically what we wanted to do was to break the silence around COVID-19 vaccine injury and death because what has happened with this shot, which is extremely unfortunate and sad, is that these people are completely being ignored by their governments, by their doctors, they're being gaslighted, they're being completely, I mean, bullied, basically. Um, uh, they're being censored, they couldn't tell their stories for all this time on Facebook anywhere, really, until Twitter now opened up. Um, and uh, and uh, we just wanted them to be heard. So I think, you know, that was like, that, that's one of the objectives. But then uh, the other is, you know, for me, it's really important that we find solutions for, for all the people that are suffering from the shot. And, and uh, what I'm doing right now this year, our team is working together with other organizations, doctors, scientists uh, across the world to find solutions. So we're, we're putting really everything into research right now to try to find out, you know, what's really going on, what's happening in the body with this. And, and um, it's been quite a difficult journey because I, I have to say that we're at the beginning stages of this. So of course it's, it's something that will take some time to figure out. And, and I'm actually, I'm shocked by, you know, how people respond so extremely differently. Like even when I told you now that I used, you know, what I used to heal myself from, you know, my injury, this is like way beyond. But even with that, I, I always tell people like, you need to trust your gut, your intuition. What works for me does not necessarily work for anyone else. Like we, people have to like have that in mind. We've seen people that, you know, do very well on certain protocols and then you give them to someone else and they get much sicker and they almost die, you know, like that's how serious it is. So it's a really difficult place to be in right now uh, for all of us, just because it's so extremely difficult to to find something that works for everyone. And, and we're kind of, you know, like in the dark right now. Um, and, and it... it of course, like we see a lot of success too, but it's just so hard when, when people contact you and they need help and you just can't tell them that, you know, this is, this is what works uh, or try this. Basically it's, it's, everyone has to like, you know, do their own journey with this. And, and also we all have to be very careful about, you know, what we, 
what we put out there, what we tell people to do, because again, like some people have had like amazing success with things. Other people have had like so bad reactions from even vitamins, you know, vitamins and just really, really mild protocols. So that's been the hard part for me, like the last months I feel because, um, and that this is where the research comes in that we really need to, to, to find answers for, you know, what, what, what's going on? Like, how can we start developing remedies and, and, and based on, you know, what we see is happening in the body? Yes. And people can go to canwetalkaboutit.org and they can share their, their stories or, um, you know, help support all of the different research you guys are doing or see and compare and contrast, you know, other people's stories. I think that some people at this point are like you, like you mentioned a feeling either defeated because they don't know what to do if they're experiencing something or their family members are experiencing something or, you know, everyone is very much (laughs) having, um, likely COVID fatigue, right? We're, we're tired of hearing about it. We're, we're tired of, um, you know, of people complaining about it or, or taking sides on it. But, you know, this is all a part of the process and the aftermath of what we all went through and that you have to share your stories. People have to hear these stories and talk about them so people can gather the data and see what's happening because you can't really formulate solutions until you know everything that's happening and and then why it's happening. I think so many people are frustrated because they're like, we're tired of talking about it. Give us solutions. Well, talking about it is the road to finding solutions, correct? Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, we also have had a very hard time to break through the uh, the whole um, censorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ask people, regular people out there, I still think they're not aware of, uh, you know, how how big this actually is. You know, to to what extent people are actually injured. And I, I do believe that, you know, we we need to make more noise all the time. We just can't give up right now because this is when Twitter opened up. You know, that also open the door for all of us to, to be able to get that information out much broader. So we need to keep fighting. Like this is, you know, I know people are tired. I know people are, I, I, I so much feel with the injured because they're tired of constantly have to tell their stories. They're ex- re-experiencing their traumas, you know, doing that. And some of them, you know, the ones that really can do this are out there, you know, and I really appreciate that because you can imagine like I'm doing this, but I'm healthy. There are people mm-hmm. who, who hardly can get out of bed, but they're still, you know, pushing and working and doing that. And I, I I'm, you know, have so much respect and, and great gratitude to these people because they're really doing an amazing job. Uh, but we need to 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 just continue, you know, and, and people need to tell their friends, tell, tell their families. I mean, you, you, you know, like me, you see we see this all the time in the news. People are just dropping dead suddenly, you know, and. And, and I talked to, to, to doctors, they've never seen this much disease ever, you know, these, these, these weird cancers that, you know, just literally come in without any symptoms and people just die. It's really aggressive cancers and you don't even have a chance to, to, to go and uh, check it out because there are no symptoms. Uh, I, I, I just, I had a friend in Sweden the other day, another one friend's friend or in the US. I mean, it's just happening constantly. The heart attacks, like this is, it's not normal. And, and, and I think people need to ask themselves, is it, have you ever experienced that a government 
and your health authorities are not even looking into something that is happening far too frequently right now for it to just be something we just sweep under the carpet. You know, that's a question like everyone needs to ask themselves and why then are they not doing anything about it? When we had the swine flu and only 400 cases of narcolepsy in Sweden, they pulled the vaccine out immediately and half of our population was vaccinated. So it's a question that I keep asking myself, how is it possible that no one is reacting to this? You know, when we look at the data and how many injuries they are reported even in, in, the, in the global systems uh, that report adverse events. I think so many people have been asking that question for over a year now, why uh, no one has been doing anything about it. And um, I think too, we've all, we've all quickly learned um, for various reasons that, you know, the government is not going to save us. It's we, the people that have to step in and take action and support one another and come alongside one another and help each other out and, um, and have extend grace to people that are still on this journey of, of, waking up to all of this or who have remorse um, from from taking the shot or who are suffering because of loss or um, trauma or injury. And there's so many people that are going through that right now. But you're right. I mean, it's I know so many instances personally. I come from a small town. There's many people that have been dying young, old, uh, many people who've had aggressive cancers, things like that. Um, and, you know, then you continue to, you build your bubble out wider and you see it even more as you do so. And you get so many people that are like, what's going on? What's going Well, I mean, for those of us that have been trying to sound the alarm for a couple of years now, we're like, we know exactly what's going on. It's, it's, um, it's all congruent with a certain, um, certain instance in history that happened. So uh, let's talk about it. And I, I just love that that is the, the name of your campaign. Can we talk about it? And I love what you're doing to help other people do so and um, to strengthen those that have, that have had these negative experiences and say, Hey, you know, we're here to help you. We're here to find solutions together. And um, you know, I think that that's so important. And I want to tell people that we the Patriots USA.org. We have a petition right now. You can go on we the Patriots USA.org to help make health status discrimination and vaccination status discrimination illegal in the United States to help amend the Civil Rights Act um, because that is this could be something that we're dealing with for years um, ahead too as well. So let's stop this from happening again. Stop um, this from injuring and killing and hurting so many people in the future when they do have another pandemic because they say <laughs> that they're going to have another one. So I encourage people to do that. Uh, Aga, where else can people people find all of the wonderful work that you're doing? So um, all my interviews are at agawilsonshow.com under News Voice. Uh, I'm also on CHD Europe. So I have uh, some interviews over there too that people can can listen to. Um, I uh, the can we talk about it.org is the website and I would encourage people because to join the campaign you can do it even if you're not injured to support the injured uh, but you know and also if you have a story it doesn't have to be COVID vaccine either it can be any story I think you know it's super important that we we share those stories 
Um, if you want to support our research, please donate on, at the canwetalkaboutit.org. We're doing really extremely important research this year, and there's so many projects that we need to do in order to find answers. So, you know, any donation helps for sure. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's kind of it. I also just wanted to mention that, you know, the, one one really important thing that we do need to come together and fight this year is the, the WHO treaty that will allow them to, to actually make uh, decisions over all countries when it comes to future pandemics and emer situations of emergency like this. So um, I think we need to like all get together and organize better because um, when, when that comes to, to truth, you know, then we will be in, in trouble. So, you know, I think that people will need to also like just spread this information and, and be out there and, and, um, you know, um, any, everyone can do something. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but it can be something. Just every small thing helps. Even helping someone that's injured, uh, checking in with, in, in with them or, or, you know, just like small deeds, you know, everyday kindness, I think, you know, is, is, is needed right now in our world also to raise the vibration and, and really uh, come together as, as one humanity. Absolutely. We can all come together to heal, no matter if you were the people saying don't do it or you did it. I mean, we can all come together and heal together and push forward. So then when this does happen again, if, you know, the WHO says that they have authority uh, over people, we just all stand up and we say no. And um, that's all it's going to take is everyone to stand up and say no. So thank you so much, Aga, for, for coming on. And we look forward to continuing to see the work that you all are doing. Thank you so much, Taryn. And thank you for everything that you're doing. Oh, thanks. Thank you for having me.